Okay, this summer we've been working our way through Romans, and today we're in Romans chapter 8. If you want to turn there, we're going to get there in just a second. But we're going to ask and answer, hopefully, a question that lots of people have, and that's why do bad things happen? It's such an important question and such a question that I get asked a lot. We're going to talk about it this week and next week, and so we're going to be in Romans 8 for a couple of weeks, just sort of unpacking this a bit. Now, uh, let's sort of set some groundwork. Um, a, cu- a couple of years ago, a guy named Matt Kearney had a song out called um, Closer to Love, and, and, and the lyrics went like this, and I, I'll tell you why it meant something to me in just a second, but it, the song goes, she got a call today, one out of, of the gray, and when the smoke cleared, it took her breath away. She said she didn't believe it could happen to me. I guess we're all just one phone call from our knees. And I don't know about you, if you ever have had one of those phone calls that took you to your knees, I remember about 14 years ago, I had come back from lunch, I was in the parking lot at church, Miriam met me there, she had gotten a phone call that my dad had died. Now, it was unexpected, it was a massive heart attack, he was relatively young, uh, in his mid-60s. We didn't expect it, we didn't anticipate it, and we hadn't prepared for it. But I know that that was... When I think of a phone call that puts me on my knees, that's the phone call, that's the instance I remember. So why do bad things happen? Well, let me set up our big idea for the day, and then we're going to kind of chat about it some. Pain and suffering is the shortest route or route. How do y'all say it here? Route. You don't say it right. Route uh, is the shortest route to God. I mean, I can't help it if y'all are wrong. Uh, All right, so... um, when the bottom drops out, we ask a question. Like, the, the question we ask is, why? why? Why did this happen? When a relationship breaks up, when a job ends, when, when a, uh, you know, something happens bad to us, when our kids go off the rails, we ask the why question because we need to make sense of what's going on. Now, this incredible Christian thinker named C.S. Lewis has this amazing quote, if I can get there. Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our consciences, but he shouts in our pains. And it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. We ask the why question because ultimately we'd like to make sense of what's going on. It won't make the pain go away particularly, but we'd like to know why we're hurting so much. And it could be physical, and it could be emotional, and it could be spiritual. But what we want to know is there has to be, or at least we think this, there's got to be a purpose in our pain. Now, cause and effect stuff we get. You get cause and effect stuff. If somebody tells you they've been smoking cigarettes for 25 years and they develop lung cancer, what do you, go, what do you say inside? Yeah. If you get diabetes and they know you by a first-name basis at Krispy Kreme, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, we get that. I mean, we, we can get some of this, right? If you, if you run out of gas in your car because you haven't put gas in your car, we all go, yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense to us. If, if you're chronically heartbroken but you are attracted to men who are sort of emotionally absent, all of us look at you and go, yeah, that's because you keep gravitating toward the wrong guy. We, we get it. Cause and effect makes sense to us. The problem isn't cause and effect. It's out of the blue stuff that really sort of messes us up. You know, our kid goes off the rail, and yet we've been pretty good parents, and we don't get it. Or my job is cut, 
and, and I've been killing myself there, you know, for 15 years, and I've given them my best, and, and now my, I've been outsourced, and that doesn't make any sense to us. Um, I, I've, I've lived a pretty healthy life, and all of a sudden I have sickness, and that doesn't make any sense. My wife leaves me, but I've been a pretty good provider, and that doesn't make any sense. It's the not making sense stuff that really gets our attention. So what we gravitate toward is to say stuff like, if I had just been, and then you fill in the blank, if I'd just been a better parent, if I'd just been a better husband, if I'd just been a better worker, if I'd just been a better wife, we, we go to the if I'd just been stuff. Because if this is just random, it's really sort of messed up. Now, all of us have chosen intentionally to have pain in our lives. We, we choose pain if, if we see that there's going to be a benefit uh, at some point. H- have you ever seen somebody like with an ear pierced up here in this part? Anybody got one of those? Let's point at them. Right there. That hurt, didn't it? Yeah, okay. All right. I look at that and I say, that hurt. That really had to hurt. And... You just, you fear pain less than I do, evidently. I mean, really, the only reason I don't have multiple piercings is because I fear pain. And I like my kids to talk to me. I mean, that's really the only reason. So people do this stuff because there was an advantage, there was a a benefit to the pain. So sometimes we, we electively, did you know there's such a thing as head tattoos yeah, can you imagine, look, this guy, like they put a spirograph on his head and uh, made a design. So somebody took a needle like a million times into his head. You, can you imagine how much that hurts? I mean, think about the, for him that made sense. Uh, I'll show you another one. This guy got a turtle tattooed on his head. How jacked up do you have to be to say someday, hey, I'd like to get a turtle tattooed on my head? That's messed up. And, and then what if you decide to get a head tattoo and it goes wrong? Look at that. Why would you do that? And this one, this only, this is the last one. This is worse. I mean, really. This guy thought that was a good idea. I mean, think about that, right? So anybody that has endured pain for the, a, a profit, I mean, uh, having witnessed childbirth, i got to tell you something. If you're a second, third, or fourth child, it's because your mother loved you. Because going through, why would, why would any woman choose to go through that more than once? I mean, really, seriously. If you're a second, third, or fourth child, you should call your mom this afternoon. If she's here, hug her and say, Mom, we know you loved us because you didn't have to go through this more than once. You know, once you've done it once, I just witnessed it and really didn't want to do it more than once. I mean, it's really, uh, so if there's a, a, a profit, we can, we can understand pain. If we see the benefit of the pain, we can endure pain. Uh, there's a saying around the gym, no pain, no what? Right. <laughs> I don't know from personal experience, but I've heard, I've heard that's what happens. So, we try to connect the dots. Okay, I'm, I have pain. There's got to be some benefit to this. 
So I try to connect those. If I'm enduring this, there must be a reason, and I, I need to understand the reason. Now, the problem is this. When we look for the reason, we can't find it. We look to God, and it still doesn't make sense. We start saying things like, what was the cause? What did I do? And that's where we go back to. If I had been a better parent, if I had been a better spouse, if I had been a better worker, if I, had, if I hadn't, you know, if I hadn't doubled down on super-duper-sizing my McMeal, you know, if I, had, if I had made better choices, then this would make sense. And what you need to understand is it's really natural for us to ask the why questions because we really do kind of want to know why stuff happens. And did you know, even in Scripture, one of the, one of the texts that's most confounding to me, Jesus is on the cross. Now, Jesus predicted his own death. He predicted his own resurrection. He's on the cross, and while he's on the cross, he utters the words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I, I don't know that I'll ever understand that this side of heaven. One day when we get to heaven, I'd like to ask Jesus, What did you, what were you doing? Because you knew you knew it was going to happen. So for, if, if Jesus asked the why question, it kind of makes sense that we were going to ask the why question too. It, it makes sense. Now, I've got good news, sort of, <laughs> today. God helps us with this. And in Romans 8, it it's really kind of unpacks it a little bit. If you've never looked at this before, we're going to kind of unpack it a bit. It, it's helpful because... It, it doesn't answer all the why questions, but it maybe makes a little bit of sense. Now, let me give you a couple disclaimers. Number one, what we're going to talk about today isn't incredibly emotionally satisfying. You, you're going to walk out, and you're going to know more, and you're going to have a better understanding. It just may not be emotionally satisfying for you. I just want you to know that. Um, but we started out in this series with a verse from Romans. The righteous will live by faith. Jesus talked about, you know, walking by faith, not by sight. I mean, there's, there's something to be said for putting our trust in, in Christ, even when we don't understand things. So this isn't going to be emotionally satisfying, and it's really just for Christians, to be honest with you. I've walked with Christians through really deep, dark valleys in their lives, the loss of, of a child. I mean, I've walked with Christians through things that they... These people are amazing. And the Bible talks about it. Because you belong to Jesus, God will bless you with a peace that no one can completely understand. And if you've ever walked with somebody, or if you've ever walked through a valley, and you had a peace that you didn't quite understand where it came from, you know what I'm talking about. And I've also watched and walked along with people who had no faith, and I, just, I have to tell you, I have no idea how they get through it. If all I have to lean on is myself and my own emotions and my... And, and internally just I have to figure it out on my own, I'm lost. I don't, I know people get through stuff, I just don't know exactly how they get through stuff. So we're going to give you a context for pain today. I'm going to tell you, you know, why it happens and sort of give you a context. And honestly, outside of this context, everything is 100% random. If you don't believe this, what the Bible tells you, it's kind of like I'm going to believe what God says in Romans 8, or I'm going to just, it's all going to be random. You have a choice of what you believe. 
most everything else is just sort of random. So, I'm going to talk about three big dots today, okay? God gives us these three big points of reference. In the beginning, in the meantime, and in the future. We all experience this. We all have a past, we all have a present, and we're all going to have a future. It's eternal. It's kind of great. And so we're going to begin Romans 8, 18. All right, let's look there just for a second. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we will receive, uh, that will be, sorry, he will reveal to us later. Okay, first verse, are we talking about past, present, or future? Now, that's presence. And the glory he will reveal to us later is what? Future. Okay, so he's talking about the now and the future in these verses right here. Now, in verse 19, he sort of shifts to, let's talk about the beginning. Okay, the beginning. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. Now, you might say, okay, well, that was in the beginning. That really doesn't apply to me. Sorry, but it does apply to you. When Adam sinned, it messed it up for everybody. Have you ever made a mistake and it affected your family and you feel bad about it? Or you made a mistake and it affects your school or affects your class? Or maybe you made a mistake and it affects your team? I have a buddy named Ty and he was in the championship basketball game in, in uh, New Mexico. And uh, they were up by, I think they were up by two. And some guy was like last second shot was shooting a three-pointer and he fouled him with like no time left on the clock. And the guy got up. And he won, the nat- he won the state championship on the fr- three free throws that my buddy caused. And, you know, he still talks about that. The guys, he hadn't been in high school in years. But, so when you do something, it affects people long term. This is, Adam just messed us all up. And if you've ever been on a hike, if you've ever been on a hike, and, and they've got really obvious signs, like um, don't get too close to this 4,000-foot cliff. And you know what happened? Somebody got too close to a 4,000-foot cliff, and maybe they fell off, and they had to put a sign up there. They've got signs that say stuff like, don't pet the bears, you know? Who, who with any sanity at all, is stupid enough to pet a bear? I mean, tell, ask me. But somebody must have petted a bear, you know? And they're probably not around to talk about it. It's like, so what they did affects us. A lot of laws are out there because somebody did something that ultimately affects us. So Adam did something that affects us. Theologically, it's called the fall. We, we live in a broken world. That it, it just, again, not emotionally satisfying. You're, you're not going, well, that, that doesn't make my life better. Eh, really doesn't make your life better other than now you know. There's something that happened called sin and sin broke the world. We live in a broken world. In the beginning, sin entered the world. So if you have your outlines out, that's the first blank. Sin, or the second blank, the third blank. One of the blanks. Let's go on. But with eager hope, this is future, right? With eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Did you know... That you are in bondage to death and decay. Do you know that? Anybody over 40 knows that. Because when you do stuff when you're over 40, you realize the bondage to death and decay. You know why your back hurts when you're over 40? 
You get up in the morning and your back hurts and you don't even know what you did. I pulled my back out one time raising a window. I mean, how pathetic is that? I was raising the window and I heard it pop and I go, oh, well that's not good. You, the reason you can't see now that you're over 40, because you're in bondage to death and decay. It just, you can't do what you used to do. And I, you know, young, these young people, let, let me just say this to you. It's coming. Uh, it's coming, man. So just enjoy it now, because it's coming. All right. We live in a fallen world, and fallen stuff happens. It, it is the truth. We live in a fallen world, and fallen stuff happens. And it's not incredibly soothing, and it doesn't really make it that much better, except to know this. When your kid goes off the rails, it's not just your kid that's broken. The kids are broken. The world's broken. And when your job gets outsourced, it's not just you. We, we live in a broken world. And we live in a world where people um, are more interested in profits than they are in people. I get it. I mean, that's the world we live in. There are going to be selfish people. The world is broken. When, 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 um, when your health goes bad, it's not just your health. You live in a broken world, and you are, you are part of this process called death and decay. Sin started the process, and it just sort of runs rampant. And things go wrong, and sometimes stuff doesn't work out, and you thought it was going to work out, and it, didn't, it doesn't work out. It's not because of anything other than we live in a broken, sinful world. That's just the fact you were born into it and when you were born you were broken how many of us have to teach our two-year-olds to be terrible they have something called a sin nature P part of the issue even with like politics is that there's an assumption that people are generally good that's really not biblical you have to understand people are born with the sin nature we we're prone to wander as the old song used to sing we're prone to wander we, we're prone to make mistakes. We're prone to choose the wrong thing. It's called sin, and it messes us up. In the beginning, we had sin. But let's, let's kind of get past that, because that, that kind of stinks. Romans 8.23. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. This is really good news. Holy Spirit. When I became a follower of Jesus... The Holy Spirit came to live within me. He helps me, guides me. He lives there. He provides my, con you know, in, he uh, informs my conscience. The Holy Spirit. Um, we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. It's going to be, it's going to get better. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Everybody over forty ought to be saying, "Amen, Amen." I mean, we are. We're longing to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. It's a good, good deal. Someday, new bodies. I mean, i got to tell you, that is really, really, really good news. It's basically God has put a down payment on the here and now for us. Uh, it's as if we're merchandise at Kmart and he put us on layaway. It's kind of like that, a little bit. Um, let me say it this way. 
He saved our souls, he just hasn't saved our bodies. Yet, yet, we live with the curse of sin and decay. Death and decay, it's, it's there. But, that doesn't mean God's not working. Look, look at this, oh, this is cool. In Ezekiel, he, God says, I'll give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. And God works on us. Not particularly our physical, not particularly our circumstances, but he works in our hearts. In Romans, continue, we were given this hope when we were saved. We already had something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently with confidence. And this is sort of sometimes our issue, is that we don't particularly like the whole waiting with confidence. So, in the beginning, sin entered the world. In the meantime, God is with us, so we can have hope. When sin entered the world, it kind of set us up to struggle and to suffer. But right now, I have the Holy Spirit living within me. And look at this, even better news. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we feel weakened, when we are struggling physically or spiritually or emotionally, the Holy Spirit is with us. And when God seems a thousand miles away, He's with us. He never leaves us. I mean, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. When you feel weak, you're normal. It's just normal. We're weak. That's how it works. God predicted it. And some days are going to be bad. And this is a go-to verse. In our weakness, the Holy Spirit helps us. All right, let me, let me finish this one up. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't even know uh, what God wants us to pray for. Because our prayers have a tendency to focus on the selfish. I mean, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I wonder how many of us have prayed to win the lottery. How many of us have prayed to get that date with that really hot babe or dude? How many of us have prayed to you know, get that car or get that whatever or get, or get that job so we can get that stuff, get that stuff, get those things, get stuff, whatever? You know what I'm saying. We have a tendency to gravitate toward the selfish. I want this because it will make me happy, Right? For example, we don't even know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. That is a really, really cool verse. Uh, it, if you've ever had a kid and you go to order at a restaurant and... They'll say to you, you know, I want a milkshake and cookies. All right, and you're the parent, so what do you say to the person behind the counter? They'll have a fruit cup and, you know, you, you adjust, right? They'll have a fruit cup and, a, you know, something. Because you know what they need even though what they're saying is I'm hungry. What you're hearing is I'm hungry and you're, you're translating that and you're making a better, better decision. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. I mean, i got to tell you, this is amazing news. 
Even when you're broken and don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I mean, it's super cool. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us. Have you ever needed somebody to be your advocate? Think, just think, just think for a second. We're told here that the Holy Spirit pleads for us. In Hebrews, it says that Jesus sits at the right hand of God interceding for us. Um, you got the A team on your side. The Holy Spirit is pleading. Jesus is interceding. I mean, when you're a follower of Christ, your relationship with God is it's tight because you have interceders. You have people that are making uh, recommendations to him on your behalf. It's really kind of a cool thing. God recognizes that sometimes life is low. I mean, you, you have those times. And, and that text a minute ago where we talked about um, you have a peace that, that transcends understanding. It's because the Lord's in our hearts and He helps us and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And then in verse 28, we're going to talk about this text more next week. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to to his purpose. So I can be a Christian and the wheels fall off in my life? Yeah, because you live in a broken world. And Christians aren't, aren't exempt from bad things happening. Today, there are believers in Christ in countries that are persecuted. There are Christians today who are facing execution, torture, because of their faith. Too often, too often, too often, we look at uh, life through a lens of a 21st century American life. It's all supposed to be roses. And there are Christians in the world today who are experiencing very difficult things. I read um, a, a post today. Um, there's a church in Sweden. They're going to use, this is super cool, they're going to use drones to drop little Bibles, electronic Bibles, in ISIS-occupied territories. How cool is that? Who came up with that? We ought to, like, thank them. I mean, that's really kind of cool. They're going to use drones to drop electronic Bibles because there are Christians and there are people who don't even have an opportunity to hear about Christ all over this planet. We know that God works together. The truth is, God works. God's working death and suffering and joy and pain when things work out when things don't work out God is always at work so in the meantime God is with us so we have hope and we wait patiently and he's interceding for us because truth is we're going to be weak and we want it fast because we live in a very fast society I was today I was looking I, there's a, a, a blog site uh, for, for Kentucky basketball did you all know that well, you should, uh, and it's awesome. Do they have one for Clemson football? Well, whatever. Uh, so, um, they're ranked two. I mean, we're only a month away from football season. It's pretty exciting. You want to know why? Because then b basketball season's next. That's why it's exciting. Anyway, um, I was looking at this, this website, and my computer just, it, would, it was like, you know, you know. It, it, 
it kind of was acting the way I felt, uh, kind of sluggish. And, and I was reading an article, and it wouldn't go down. I kept pushing that arrow, because the more you push it, obviously, that's, what, that's how it works. And I pushed it like a thousand times, and then it went to the bottom of the page, and then it wouldn't go back up. I don't think it's a sin to throw your computer. I, I, uh, but we want things right away, and it just doesn't always work that way. And I love that in that verse it said, patiently. We patiently hope. And it's not <laughs> incredibly emotionally satisfying. Have you ever been around a kid who got everything they ever wanted? We have a word for that. It's called brats. It, it's not good. Sometimes you have to deny in order to grow. One of, the, one of the greatest signs of spiritual maturity is can you endure hardship without losing hope? Can you endure hardship without losing hope? In Philippians 4.12 it says, I know what it is to be in plenty or in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Written by the Apostle Paul, who was the greatest, many believe the greatest follower of Christ who ever walked this planet. The guy was beaten. The guy was thrown out of uh, towns. He was jailed without cause and without trial. Um, he was talked about. He, he was persecuted. He was beaten, whipped. He sometimes evidently did without. He one time prayed for healing. He talks about this thorn in the flesh. And he said, I prayed three times for it to be, uh, for me to be delivered from it. And he hears God say, my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made more powerful in weakness. We don't always get the things that we hope for in this life. That's the meantime. There's a future. And in the future, all things will be made new. And all things will be made right. And we wait patient for those things. Bad stuff happens because we live in a fallen, broken world but we can be thankful in our fallen broken world that we have the holy spirit who lives in us who intercedes for us we have our heavenly father who takes he, he listens to jesus who's advocating for us not incredibly emotionally satisfying but, but it's true and i love that paul wrote to us 2,000 years ago for us today. Hey, everything might not be going your way, but this, it's not done yet. We're not finished yet. There's a future, and you wait patiently for the future, and you pray, and the Holy Spirit intercedes. This is how it works. Let me pray for you. At the end of the service, Ben's going to hang out over there, and I'm going to hang out over here, and if you have questions you want somebody to pray with you or if you want to just chat uh, I'll be right there Ben will be over here and we'd love to do that we're about to take up an offering and I'm going to pray for that too as we do this if you're a guest please don't feel like this is for you you're welcome to give if you want to but certainly not an expectation that we have um, we we um, 
We take an offering because it's an act of worship, it's an act of obedience, of trust, of thanksgiving. We do it um, every week as part of our service because we want it to be an act of worship. Um, we're going to watch that video I talked about earlier about the song. And um, uh, for all the young people, there's a phone with a cord on it. That's, uh, that's the way it used to be. And there's a machine that's an answering machine. And if you don't understand, ask your parents. Uh, they'll tell you what that is. Um, but we'll pray, and then we'll put that up. And then at the end, Vlad um, is going to come close our, our service. Thank you, Father, for this day and for these words. And I thank you for uh, hope that sometimes transcends understanding. We pray that we can lean into you even in difficult times because we know you love us and we know you care for us and we know you're there even though it may seem you're far away. We thank you for the opportunity to give back to you right now. I pray that we'll do it with joyful hearts. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.